Welcome, everybody, to the podcast Hearers of the Word, offered by Kieran O'Mahony. This is a reflection on Matthew 13, verses 24 to 43, the parable of the weeds and the wheat. The Economist magazine, which works in entirely secular categories, once described the Catholic Church as the largest NGO in the world. Probably they are right. It is also one of the most centralised organisations in the world. And it is always risky, not to say dangerous, when such a highly autocratic body begins to feel the need for profound change. And the need for change has been registered worldwide by the Synodal Consultation. People, all of us together, seem to have realised that we cannot simply carry on as before. This is true at the level of organisation and ministry, and also at the level of certain applications of the gospel to living today. The synodal exploration threw up contrasting expectations on what we may call the neuralgic issues. For example, the question of decentralisation itself is anathema to many people and a welcome revolution to others. The question of women in the church and women in ministry has produced divisions. Is the exclusion of women from ordained ministry part of God's plan or a cultural hangover from the time of patriarchy? The desire for the church to be more welcoming and tolerant in relation to certain oppressed groups in society has also triggered contrasting opinions. And the question arises, how much variety can we endure as a community of faith? Today's Gospel can shed unexpected light on this contemporary issue. We are not the first to face such issues. At the time of Matthew, how much tension the community of faith could bear was already a topic. The community for which Matthew wrote was, sociologically speaking, a sect. A sect is a breakaway religious body which has separated from the mother religion and claims to be a more perfect form. By the time Matthew wrote, his Jewish-Christian church had broken with the synagogue. It shows the marks of a sectarian group with very clear boundaries as to who is in and who is out. The parable of the wedding feast in Matthew is a good illustration. All are gathered without distinction from the highways and the byways. When the host comes to inspect the guests and sees one person without a wedding garment, the intruder is unceremoniously thrown out into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and grinding of teeth. By contrast, today we have the power of the weeds and the wheat. There is the anticipated rush to judgment, the call to get rid of the weeds. But the parable takes an unexpected turn. The owner says, nothing should be done, and everything should be allowed to grow together to harvest time. It puts the brakes on a tendency to exclude and to create sharp boundaries. The message seems to be threefold. Firstly, let things evolve and develop zeal to correct 
may harm what is wholesome. Secondly, it's none of your business, because, thirdly, judgment belongs to the Lord at the end of time. Built in to that resistance to instant judgment is a generous sense that people can change and develop, and time should be allowed for growth and conversion of life and heart. The rush to judgment and the tendency to exclude is not unknown in our experience of the institutional church. In the decades of John Paul II as Pope, many Catholic writers were investigated and condemned, including our own Father Tony Flannery, Redemptorist Priest. The current Bishop of Rome has moved things in a quite different, more tolerant direction. Firstly, he has slightly demoted the powerful congregation for the doctrine of the faith to a dicastery, the more ordinary level of offices in the Vatican. He's also appointed a fellow Argentinian to be in charge, Archbishop Victor Manuel Fernandez. Already appointing a non-European is a kind of novelty. Even more revealing is the letter which accompanied his appointment, and I quote a few lines from Pope Francis. The dicastery that you will preside over in other epochs came to use immoral methods. Those were times when, more than promoting theological knowledge, they chased after possible doctrinal errors. What I expect from you is something without doubt much different. Differing currents of thought in philosophy, theology and pastoral practice, if open to being reconciled by the Spirit in respect and love, can enable the Church to grow. This harmonious growth helps to preserve the Christian doctrine more effectively than any mechanism of control. Encouraging, and in some ways extraordinary words, inviting a plurality of conversation. The Synod in October this year and the following year will be the key event in our lifetime, shaping the life of the Church for the future, even down to local level. The topics on the table are clear. Evangelization, the young, women and excluded minorities. But the greatest innovation has already taken place in two ways. Firstly, the listening exercise of the synodal process and its openness to hearing diverse opinions. And secondly, the inclusion of lay people, men and women, with voting rights is a radical innovation from which there will be no turning back. So in some ways, the future has already begun. The Catholic Church may be the largest NGO in the world, but it is still capable of changing. Amen. Thank you very much, everybody.